Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. What's good, Internet? You're listening to the Syrupcast. We are on episode 125. It is Thursday, June 15th. This week... Uh, we have a special episode uh, dedicated to the Electronic Entertainment Expo, E3. This week I'm joined by uh, the man, the time traveler himself, Patrick O'Rourke. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm tired, but but I'm good. What was it like reminiscing, going to Venice Beach and uh, remembering your childhood playing Tony Hawk? It, it was good. The The skate park... Actually, like I looked at maps of it after going to the physical Venice Beach skate skate park, and it was mm. almost almost identical in, in in a bunch of ways. Oh, that's very nice. We're also joined by Young Brad. How are you, sir? Pretty good. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for joining us. And last but certainly not least, uh, we have a special guest. It is our other young intern. Well. Brad's not an intern anymore. He's graduated from that echelon into a much greater echelon of staff writer. Uh, Samir, how are you? I'm, I'm quite well. Thank you for asking. How are you, Igor? I'm good, thank you. Uh, Samir is, this is, uh, let me just, uh, I guess, preface it. Uh, the, this is his last week with us. Um, he's been doing such a great job. We thought we'd bring him on to the podcast. Uh, if you want to continue following his work, he'll be at the CBC starting next week, I think, doing probably much realer journalism than we do here talking about tech and smartphones um for those wondering we won't be talking too much about the crtc decision today and the essential phone that's uh we're gonna have a special episode devoted to that next week we've got some great guests planned for that so if you want to listen to uh about that crtc decision unlocking phones what does it all mean you're just gonna have to catch uh catch us next time but for now talking about games games and more games uh so patrick you were on the ground at e3 what was it like tell me about the booth babes or not booth babes i don't know i don't know what's going on at e3 anymore these days i mean i i think this was either a transition year for e3 Mm -hmm. or the final year of Mm -hmm. e3 for the foreseeable future Mm -hmm. um because i think the compared to the last time that I covered it, which was, I think, in 2013. Um, the show is still relatively the same in some ways, uh, though some publishers and developers have pulled out. It's it's a little bit smaller. Um, but what they did this year to try to sort of boost up attendance was they uh, opened it up to the general public, which I don't necessarily think is, is a bad idea, um, but they didn't logistically planned for the structure of the event for 15,000 additional people mm-hmm. um, over the course of the conference. So E3 was already a difficult um, conference to get around. Uh, if you had an appointment in South Hall and then you had one in West Hall and you didn't have a good half hour to 20 minutes in between it, um, good luck. You're not going to make it. You're probably going to be late. Mm-hmm. Uh, now 
it's almost physically impossible to uh, get around the show floor just because there's so many people. Things got a little bit better on, on day two, but it was still crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think what they needed to do was, if this is what they want E3 to be, this sort of uh, mix of an industry event, mix of a media event, mix of um, a fan event, kind of like what Gamescom is in Cologne, Germany, I think what they mm-hmm. needed to do is have specific days for media and uh, specific days for the general public because that's what other sort of conventions like this do. Um, but they didn't do that. And, I mean, I wouldn't call it a disaster, but uh, at times it felt pretty pretty close to that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess we'll see. You know, like you've said that you think it may be the last year or maybe it's just a learning experience. We'll see. Um the one big thing we should talk about, obviously, is Microsoft announced the Xbox One X. Terrible name, otherwise known as the Xbox or the just the Xbox if you want to do a recursion. Um, you were there. You saw Phil Spencer come out and he's in his, I want to say Texan accent, but then I looked it up and he's not from Texas and I was egregiously, egregiously disappointed. Where, where uh, is he from? Hmm? Where is he's he from, from Washington State. I know. Oh, I would really? have never guessed that he was I from Washington State. Um, just by the way he talks. Um, yeah, because yeah. he has this like whole swagger uh, that I just associate with obviously the greatest state ever. He's um, he's just a he's just a baller. It's that Microsoft baller swag. Yes. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Pat, how about you start us uh, general impressions and then we'll go to you too. Um yeah, of the X, I guess. Is, yes. that, is that what you're yeah, asking? Uh, yeah. Um, I mean the the game that I saw running that was true true 4K in quotation marks um, was mm-hmm. Forza Seven. It it looked it looked really good. I found it. Um, I I don't I don't know if it looked five hundred ninety nine dollars Canadian better than previous Forzas I've seen, um, but it, it looked really good. I think the one thing with the X, despite how powerful it is. Um, and I kind of have it on, uh, I guess, off-the-record, low-key authority that Microsoft created confusion around this uh, on 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 purpose, uh, hmm. to some extent, from some of the developers I talked to, uh, is that it's unclear what games are actually going to be rendered in true 4K, which means that the game was designed from the ground up to take advantage of that resolution. Um, most games will be in what's known as checkerboard, which isn't really 4k it's kind of like a fake 4k um i won't get into what it actually is because it gets pretty complicated uh but microsoft is sort of positioning the console as this 4k capable device when really it kind of remains to be seen if that's going to be the case i'm sure there will be some true 4k games but i mean they're launching it and there's only one um Mm -hmm. that's a first party game designed from the ground up with that console in mind so i think there'll probably be more but uh definitely not as many as the marketing is making it out to 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 see like there will be right so i guess uh and i'll take this opportunity now to ask the follow-up question and uh, you guys can chip in is you just spent a lot of time saying like is it 4k is it true 4k is it checkerbox 4k is it upscale 4k and i think that really speaks to the issue that microsoft is gonna have uh marketing this device to consumers it's like playstation uh, sony excuse me they just say you know the playstation 4 pro is 4k capable 
why it then is the Xbox One X so much more expensive than it? Especially in Canada, I imagine this device is going to cost around seven hundred dollars. Um, that's a lot the of X? money. To, yes, the X. Yeah, it's five ninety nine in in Canada. Okay, so six hundred dollars, still a chunk of change. Um, yep. So, Samir, uh, since you the new one, uh, what's your take on that? So I think. For me, the most important thing that I really want to get out there uh, in terms of my opinions on the Xbox One X is that back when it was still called Project Scorpio, back when we didn't really know um, entirely what Microsoft was planning with it, back when we uh, all, all we knew, like last year when they announced, you know, announced it sort of alongside with the Xbox One S, the S, not the X, that is, was that it was going to be this bigger, better system. It was going to be able to do all this really cool stuff. It was going to be able to play bigger, better games. And in spite of all of that, they, you know, like Patrick said, they still didn't really, haven't really specified what that is. But my, my problem with the Xbox One X is that I'm not really sure why it, it, it even exists as a, as a system. There was a lot of rumors in the, in the tech industry about, you know, the Project Scorpio possibly being this, this amalgamation of Windows 10 and, um, and, and Xbox, which for me would be really cool. But what they really announced was this beefy, beefed-up Xbox, and that's great. But it's actually quite swelled. It's smaller than the Xbox. Oh, and, and that's the thing. Like it's it's, it's smaller, <laughs> so it's a smaller machine, which very cool. I'm I'm glad about that. But it's it's much more powerful, better processor. It's future-proofed. But beefy hardware. Beefy yeah, hardware. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But like it, it's still to me a very very confusing machine because from my eyes, you know, why would I want to spend? so much more money more money on a machine that is yes much more powerful but not going to give me any real advantage other than graphics yeah before uh, uh brad before we open it to you um it would have been that's you bring up an interesting point about the whole you know windows 10 aspect of it and i think if you kind of look at it from the uh, lens of this is a very capable 4k computer if microsoft had like a pie in the sky scenario they're like we have a special presenter he's a former microsoft employee please welcome gabe newell to the stage and gabe is like <laughs> uh the xbox one x will draw uh support steam at launch Dros- drops the mic and walks away people would have gone insane because then you could have bought this what is effectively a steam machine that plays 4k games for 500 dollars us which is unheard of um and that would have changed the game. Of course, they didn't do that. So I'll have to continue dreaming. And, you know, and it's probably a pipe dream just like Half-Life 3. Yeah, that, right. that'll never happen. <laughs> That's what I was going to say next. Um, <clears throat> for me, uh, Pat really uh, hit the nail on the head, I think. Um, so when they did their conference, they showed a lot of games that were enhanced. Uh, mm-hmm. In the, like the bottom corner, it would say Xbox One X enhanced. But that's a very vague terminology that doesn't really suggest. Like that could mm-hmm. be anything from... Uh, the the uh, resolution's a little better to maybe the frame rate's a little better, but you don't really know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like he said, you know, you don't really know what is native 4K and what isn't. So I think that's definitely a problem. They'll need to show um, what is and what isn't uh, mm-hmm. enhanced by this. Uh, so that's definitely a marketing issue. I think they somewhat benefit from the fact that they released or they announced this rather a little in advance. Uh, of its release compared to like mm-hmm. the PS4 Pro, which was early September in that New York event, and then it released early November, so it was like basically two months. Yep. Now that they have from June, and then it's releasing in November, hopefully they'll take advantage of that extra time to kind of market it better. 
because uh, I think with these kind of things, you can say it's enhanced, but you really need to show that, and it's it's kind of hard to and it's demonstrate. a hard thing to show. Yeah, it's a hard thing to show off for sure. So I think they need to try to, and I don't know if this would be in retailers like EB Games or Best Buy, or even at like fan events like Fan Expo, but they need to kind of get these boxes out there mm-hmm. and show people physically. Because uh, again, like with the PS4 Pro, only the media that was actually at the event in New York that could see it and go hands on firsthand were able to tell us, okay, it looks that much better. But I which, think- what you're saying is they needed to hire Mark Cerny for one event <laughs> so that he could talk in his very um, melodic voice, melodic voice about the benefits and beauty of 4K. Sorry, I, think Patrick, one of I interrupted thing, you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no problem. One of the things too that I sort of heard from some of the developers that I talked to at E3 is, and, and I don't know if this was like something they were told to say or like a marketing line that they got from Microsoft, mm-hmm. um, but it was that they only got the box uh, like a month ago, so they haven't had quite enough time to figure it out yet. But they hope to get true 4K up and running on the console. Um, so I, I don't know if there's any truth to that, but that was something that I repeatedly heard from. Uh, even second-party uh, developers, like that's what Rare told me about uh, Sea of Thieves, which is has, has cartoony graphics that obviously don't push like crazy polygon numbers. So you would think that would be one of the games that would be in true 4K, um, but they were like, ah, I don't know. Yeah, we we sort of got the box and then had to go to E3. So when we get home, we're gonna try it out and maybe we can make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you guys make of the? Uh, it's been a quote that's been repeated in almost every single uh, article related to this uh, hardware, and it's that Microsoft is quote-unquote proud of the price of the Xbox One X. And that kind of strikes me as a very interesting uh, thing to say about something. Uh, Brad, what do you, what did you make of it? Um, honestly, I kind of expected this price. To be honest, like 500 USD, 600 mm-hmm. Canadian, uh, which is the conversion. Uh, I kind of expected the price. I don't necessarily think that's something I would pay mm-hmm. personally, but I kind of expected it would be priced at that it was interesting because i think it was GameSpot uh or Eurogamer, Eurogamer, i believe uh they interviewed phil and they asked him like uh will you be making a profit on each one sold and he said no and then i uh, said oh so you're gonna take a loss on them and he's like that's not what i said so it was kind of cagey <laughs> yeah. um they're gonna break even <laughs> yeah so yeah yeah i'm not too uh, i kind of expected the price but i'm kind of indifferent on yeah how about you samir actually i think the, the you know this 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 comment that Microsoft is very proud of the price speaks to what Project Scorpio may or may not have been, and of course I I was I haven't been in any of these rooms where these conversations were had, but I think when 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 they're saying oh you know we've we've it only costs you know four hundred ninety nine dollars U S it only costs five hundred ninety nine dollars uh, Canadian, I think what they're really sort of subtly saying is hey look at this really powerful computer we've put we've built look how pretty it is look how svelte it is look how 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 beefy the hardware is and how small the box is, this would make a really cool computer. And what they're not really fully understanding is that, no, they haven't actually built a quote-unquote computer that's going to mm-hmm. run Windows 10. No one's going to hook a, a mouse and keyboard up to this. They're going to be playing games on it. So in terms of games, once again, we go back to the issue of you already have um, you know, the Xbox One. You already have the Xbox One S that can play these games. Sure, they're not 4K. They don't look that... Well, they look incredible, but they don't look you know, that extra level of incredible. Mm-hmm. But the Xbox One X is poorly marketed. No one really knows what it's bringing to uh, to the industry other than better graphics. Um, and I, I, I will keep on saying this. All it really is to me is better graphics for now. Mm-hmm. Um, but if if we were looking at this from a purely 
computational perspective. I mean, 12 gigs of RAM, a one terabyte storage, uh, you know, 2.3 gigahertz with an octa-core processor, and and the six teraflops of graphical performance. That's incredible for a, a computer. If I had a computer that you know was that small that could do all of that stuff, mm-hmm. I would I would be very very happy. And and I could get it for you know six hundred dollars Canadian. I would absolutely invest in that machine. Right. I, but at the end of the day, it's it's not a computer, right? Like that's the thing is that um you know uh, they spent a lot of talking time talking about like the price to performance ratios out of this world, right? But at the same time. It doesn't do what a computer does, right? It, like, sure, it lets you play uh, media, but it's all within, or you can surf the web, you can watch TV, but it's all within the context of Microsoft's Walden Garden in the case, in the context of that, uh, of the Xbox One S, or excuse me, Xbox One operating system. That, that that's, I, what a, yes. that's what a console is, though, right? Yeah. Like, to me, that that's what... Um, when you're buying a console, you, you know that you're getting like a Walden Garden device that mm-hmm. should should just work. So I, I think that that expectation's kind of okay. I mean, for me, in terms of the price with the X, I think five ninety nine is fine if it's actually a four uh, K capable. Like if more legit, true four K games start coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, if you talk to people that are like really into hardware specs, they say that it's it's not possible. Um, developers I talked to at E3 this week, uh, some like off-the-record stuff, they indicated that it, it is possible. It's just a matter of optimization and building from the ground up for the system. Mm-hmm. So it's likely that moving forward we'll see first-party games will be in true 4K. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them, uh, uh, second-party games will probably be in true 4K. But anything that's third-party like uh, Assassin's Creed or... Um, like anything, literally any game, any sports game, none of that's going to be rendering in true 4K. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the other thing is, like, Microsoft isn't really positioning this as the next Xbox, right? Like, Phil Spencer is pretty clear that this this is an option, right? This is something that if you're the type of person who wants to have the latest, greatest, whatever, this is a, something that you might be might be interested in. But it's not like... Your, your old Xbox is garbage now. Like You don't have to throw out your S. You don't have to throw out your original Xbox. It's the same as the PS4 in the sense that... The PS4 Pro in the sense that um, uh, all, all of the games coming out are going to work across all the devices. Just if you want this extra stuff, you can drop a ton of money to get the system that may or may not be worth it. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yeah, you know what? I kind of take issue with that statement in the sense that, like, um, you lent me The Last Guardian. And that game, you know, really difficult development. But I have a, an OG uh, PS4. That game does, it's not, like, in some ways, it's not playable on the original PS4. Like it's one, Oh, really? Well, it's just, it's, like, really choppy. Um, and you lose... Does it... A- Sorry. Does it have legit enhanced features though? It just plays a lot better on the PS4 oh, Pro, better, okay. Pro, right? And so 
quickly, you know, this promise of, oh, every game will work across both devices really doesn't sing true to me, right? And so I feel like that's, it's a very fine line they're walking here where it's kind of breaking the promise of these consoles, right? Which is you buy one device, it plays all your games no matter what. Now there's this like, well, it will play it, but not necessarily you know, what you would consider an optimal, like, play experience, right? And I mean, that, that yeah, sorry. that's the first That's the first time I've ever heard that f- from anybody about any game on the PS4 Pro. Mm-hmm. Um, like, even s- for, for me, like, in my experience, I, I never played um, uh, The Last Guardian, so I, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but in my experience, like, Horizon, that's one of the best-looking games I've ever played. Mm-hmm. Um, I have my PS4 Pro set up in one room. I have my PS4 set in another room. I just happened to be playing in the other room, and I played most of the game um, on on my regular PS4, and then moved to the Pro. Mm-hmm. And even with there was like a slight graphical difference because I turned on the enhanced features, um, but load times and like stability and everything like that was pretty clear across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think you have a point. Like this is something that could uh, start cropping up more and more now that there's two sort of mid up mid-cycle update consoles out there mm-hmm. so this could become more of a problem but i think as it stands right now it's probably not a widespread issue but it For could sure. definitely become one right so the question uh i think that leads into what do you think this uh kind of this device means in the grand scheme of things right are we now away from this like clear generational divides between consoles you know there is not going to be a ninth generation console it's just going to be these kind of like we're now turning to a smartphone model where it's like I don't know. They start pumping out uh, consoles like every like two to three years at that point, right? I still I still think there's going to be like a like a stark generational leap at some point. Um, mm-hmm. These things like the PS4 Pro and the Xbox One X, um, whether or not they're worth it to you, uh, they're just like a stopgap measure until mm-hmm. the the next like legit machine uh, comes out from both companies. Uh, Brad and then Samir, what do you think? Yeah, I think. Uh, <clears throat> It's, um, I mean, you look at the PS4 Pro and that's just not selling. Like, it's it's clear it's not selling very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, Sony's always been clear, like, when they're doing well, they announce the numbers. For sure, uh, yeah. Every day they'll tell you, oh, PS4 is now at 60 million now. We've had mm-hmm. 480 million software sold. Like, mm-hmm. uh, so I think, uh, to answer your question, uh, if this is going to be the pattern going forward i guess it's all up to how well the xbox uh xbox Xbox. does yeah Uh, that's a good name yeah um because if that doesn't do so well either i don't know like will they want to how often will they want to keep trying this Mm -hmm. uh so i guess it's very much up to how this does i guess yeah so So i i agree with patrick and that i definitely think there is going to be a next generation i think there there is going to be a ninth generation series of consoles but i think what's interesting is that what we're seeing Sony and Microsoft do with the PS4, the PS4 Pro, the X-Bon, and the X-Bonks, uh, is that it's very similar to something that Nintendo's been doing for a while, which is that, you know, we, we saw it with the 3DS as well, where they'll release their base console with, you know, it, it'll play all the games, and then a year later, or maybe two years later, they'll release a slimmer or bigger model. Uh, in the case of the 3DS, it was the 3DS XL. And, yeah, it'll still, it still plays all the games normally, but you'll notice that um, games will be easier or more fun or not sorry not more fun they'll, they'll render better they'll they won't be as laggy on the 3ds xl in comparison to the 3ds and then 
a year later, two years later, you have this new Nintendo 3DS. So like it's mm-hmm. it's not anything new to the industry. Nintendo's definitely been doing it for a very long time. But I think it's only now that we're really seeing um, this grand difference where, like uh, like you said, Igor, certain games are just render better on the uh, updated systems. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think that's a little concerning for me because I am a person who believes that, you know, generations should be generations and that the real big differences should be between actual consoles, not not like these, these stop gaps, not these uh, iteration updates. Right, yeah. Uh, Pat, just remind me, what was the Game Boy that it, it was the advanced and it had the backlight and it was like the first model to have it and none the, of these... the game boy game boy advance SP. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah and it was like that was the best one but it was released in like That's... the last year of yeah. it yeah it's so good they're like if you want to buy one of those today they cost a crazy amount of money for mm-hmm. one that's not destroyed because it's still like a the best way to play um advanced, regular yeah. game boy advance games yeah um <clears throat> So we only have a couple minutes left, but I guess, uh, you know, there was a whole other, the rest of all the keynotes, I should say. Um, how about we just talk about, like, what was everyone's highlight, I guess? Favorite either announcement, keynote, uh, trailer. Uh, do you want to start us off, Pat? Yeah. Um, I mean, some of the stuff that Ubisoft showed off was pretty interesting. Uh, the the Rabbids Mario mm-hmm. Nintendo game um, I found fascinating because I think it kind of marks a shift uh, for Nintendo, uh, because this is the first time that they're not the first time, but probably the most significant time that they're letting uh, third-party developer do something with one of their properties. I played the game; I wasn't that impressed with it. I thought it was oh, okay, no. <laughs> um, but but I think I think maybe it'll get better the more you play it. It really is XCOM for for babies, which I don't think I don't think is a bad thing necessarily. Yeah. Um but but for me the 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 most interesting reveal uh like there's there's a ton of games I could go on forever like playing Super Mario Odyssey was great. I think that game's incredibly bizarre. Um it really is uh Nintendo taking a chance with arguably its most uh notable property mm-hmm. doing something like borderline insane like dropping Mario into an environment that's a real world with like yeah. regular sized people. It's it's something we I don't think we would have seen Nintendo doing, so I, I hope that this is a um, mark of a new direction for them in terms of that. Um, but it was also cool to see uh, Starlink, the the new Ubisoft Toronto game. Um, it wasn't playable, but I went to uh, like a like a talk about it and did a few interviews uh, with the game's producer. Mm-hmm. It's I I don't know if it's going to be the success that Ubisoft hopes it it's going to be because I think the sort of toys to life thing. Um, has run its course, uh, but it's certainly an interesting game. It's sort of this like thing that attaches to, th- to the top of the controller with a spaceship, and you can pop different parts of the spaceship off it, pop them back on, and they appear in game. Um, and and it's like kind of this uh, Star Fox inspired, uh, I guess, third person space shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, anytime there's a new IP, it excites me because in video games we see so many sequels, um, and it was nice to see. Uh, Canadian developer, we finally know what Ubisoft Toronto is working on after so many years, uh, years and years of rumors. Um, it was nice to to learn that, and it was also cool to see that it's not um, it's something that's at, at least somewhat interesting, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I mean that that was one of my standouts as well. Cool. 
Uh, Brad? Uh, definitely my standout game was Spider-Man. Uh, mm-hmm. Everyone in the office knows <laughs> I'm a big uh, superhero fan. Spider-Man is my favorite character, so I really loved seeing that. And mm-hmm. that's a true exclusive in the sense that it's only on PS4 and not on PC, so that's a big win for Sony uh, for that one. It's uh, also coming to PC? No, it's not. Oh, but okay, I'm it's saying not. it's okay, not yeah, one yeah, of those. Okay, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, and what? Yeah. <laughs> and it's Insomniac. Insomniac's making it too, which is which is cool. Yeah, they've, they've got a good track record. I think overall, uh, I really like Nintendo's conference. I've been somewhat critical of them for the launch of the Switch in the sense that there weren't too many games available. But they've done a really good job of showing that there's a lot of games coming in the first year overall. Mm-hmm. I think I really like that their, their presentation, because it wasn't a conference, but... Um, despite being only 25 minutes, showed off a ton of games, and a lot of them are coming this year. Mm-hmm. But they also gave you the promise of games coming next year as well, uh, or beyond, which was good. Uh, and I'm usually kind of critical of when they just show a cinematic or a logo for a trailer without showing anything meaningful. Mm-hmm. But I'll give Metroid an, ex- uh, an exception because I think they needed to... Uh, uh, basically win over fans who feel a bit jaded over that and i'm sure samir will go into that yeah in a little more detail and i think it's also important to just reassure people that there's more stuff coming to the switch down the line mm-hmm. right like i actually i'm considering getting one this week if i can like um, and that is definitely. a complete 180 for you sir <laughs> i was always think- thinking of getting one yeah. but just sooner rather than later yeah now it's the greatest it's the greatest system ever made <laughs> you heard it you heard it here first folks uh samir um, yeah, so I promised myself uh, entering this that I would not rant and rant and rant and, and take time uh, complaining about how Nintendo has betrayed me and all of the Metroid fans by doing nothing. Nothing, I say nothing, uh, for the 25th and 30th anniversaries uh, for, for Metroid. Other you, got, than, you got two Metroid games. I, I did, and that's the thing. And, I'm, I'm, uh, and that, I was going to say, I'm very, very proud and, 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 and very proud of Nintendo for stepping up. Not only okay. are we getting uh, 3DS uh, back to Metroid Roots game uh, this year, we're getting uh, you know Metroid Prime Four on Switch. Uh, maybe next, probably not next year, but soon. Very excited about that. But I, I, I definitely want to echo uh, a Brad by saying yes. Nintendo did a great job this year. I'm very proud of them. And also, really, uh, really quickly before before I, I, I end, um, I'm happy that Nintendo and Game Freak are working on a main series Pokemon game for Switch. That was something that I was looking forward to. I know that every Pokemon fan I've spoken with is very excited for something like this. They've wanted something like this for a long time. Um, and I think it also just goes to show that there, I mean, this belief that uh, the Switch is a hybrid console, it's it, you know, portable and also home, uh, it shows that with, with a game like Pokemon that's only ever been available, the main series games have only ever been available on portable, it shows that Nintendo's taking the Switch seriously as a hybrid console and it wants the world to take uh, the Switch seriously as a hybrid console. Yeah, great points all. Um, my favorite was um, uh, the new Wolfenstein, uh, the new Colossus. Um, so it was interesting watching that trailer in contrast to the Call of Duty World War One one, uh, World War Two one, excuse me, uh, and just seeing the different approaches. Right, um, obviously Wolfenstein is somewhat fantastical in the sense that you know it's set here in in the U.S. Uh, the Nazis won. There's giant robots everywhere, but it also, in some way, it's like really timely in the sense, right? Like, it it remembers that you know World War II was not like two sides fighting it out so much as a battle of ideology, right? And like that history could have easily taken a turn, and it's also timely in the sense that like, you know, we defeated fascism, and yet here there the uh, I was reading how 
the alt-right was upset about uh, this new game, right? And so, um, and it just looks incredible, right? Like, that trailer was incredible. Like, there was that one scene that, it was obviously taken straight from um, uh, Inglorious Bastards. Um, And, you know, there was, like, a Christoph Waltz kind of, like, larger-than-life commandant character. But it was just, and then the hard cut, you don't even see the outcome of that scene. You're just going to have to wait until the game comes out. So, really good stuff. Uh, shoutouts, Brad. Uh, my shout out uh, is gaming related too. Um, it oh, is part for the course today. The uh, Twitter account for CEO Kazurai. So I don't know yeah. if anyone's familiar with him. He's basically a parody account for Kazurai, who used to head up PlayStation. Now he's kind of uh, he's Sony's president as a whole, president mm-hmm. and CEO, and it basically just uh, pokes fun at everyone in the industry, specifically Sony, and how they've had a tendency to take a long time with their games, like The Last Guardian, yeah. when that took ten years to come out, he would. Uh, like when it finally came out, he retweeted that it was supposed to come out holiday 2011. Yeah. And like his most recent tweet here is my total pay doubled to 10 million last year, meaning I'm now in the target audience for the Xbox One X. Amazing. So uh, he's got some really savage tweets uh, and yeah. it's just really fun to follow. Uh, Samir? Uh, definitely shout out to the CRTC. I know we're not talking about it this for week. sure, no worries. Um, but shout out to the CRTC and Jean-Pierre Blaise. You will be missed. Yeah. Um, Pat, what does the Switch Minute bring us today? Uh, So this week, I I wouldn't necessarily say it's a a positive shout-out or anything. Um, It's it's more of a bizarre sort of time machine that was in the middle of E3. Uh, Mm -hmm. So Nyko, an accessory manufacturer that makes, like, a ton of, like, controller chargers and stuff, uh, is going all in on the Switch. And they had this massive booth that was crazy huge for an accessory manufacturer. Um, And it Well, that's Switch money, son. Yeah, apparently it featured a, a, a ball pit um, with uh, various scantily clad uh, women directing people into the ball pit to play some sort of game to have the chance to win Switch accessories. Mm-hmm. Um, I took a, like I, I walked past it a couple times trying to figure out what was going on, and I I, I couldn't figure it out. Um, I just thought it was it was totally bizarre. I mean, E three's moved way beyond that. Um, arguably, even like five years ago uh mm-hmm. y- you still see like little pockets of it every once in a while but um the, the times that i've covered e3 i've never seen anything this bizarre mm-hmm. um and, and it's just strange because like nyko makes decent products their accessories are okay i own like a nyko case for my switch um mm-hmm. and like some nyko uh joy con grip protectors and they had like some cool stuff there too so it, it's a bit of a shame they had like uh, a charging grip that like actually attaches to the console and charges it while you're using it. Uh, but the booth was just so incredibly off-putting that I didn't want to go near it. Um, mm. So l- less of a shout-out and more of a, why would you do that? Well, it's, you know, it is the Switch Minute. You can talk about whatever Switch-related you want. It's Positive true. Positive or negative. This is why we created this segment. It's uh, true. My shout-out goes to you, Samir. Thank you so much for the hard work you've done for us uh, here during your six weeks. Uh, you will be missed. Yep. We wish you the best of luck, uh, both at the CBC and the future, and hopefully we'll have you back here at uh, Mobile Syrup sometime soon. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, on that note, thank you uh, to all of you f- so much for listening. You can find us at, uh, well, first of all, where can we find you lovely men? Uh, I am on Twitter, at Brad Shankar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am also on Twitter at Samir Chabara 94. Okay. Uh, and do you want to just spell your last name? Because Actually, it it's is probably, tricky. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a tricky one. Um, it's C H H 
A-B-R-A. It's a double H, not a single H. Okay. And Pat, where are you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at at Patrick underscore Rourke. Uh, my last name is O-R-O-U-R-K-E. And I'm at Igor Bonifacic, where I talk about what's good on the internet. If you want to follow Mobile Syrup, you can. Uh, just at Mobile Syrup, where you, uh, whatever your social media network of choice is, whether that's Instagram. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all this Google Plus, if you're a holdout. Um, if I can just one more quick shout out. Uh, spent a lot of time writing this review, our Surface Pro review. Uh, I think it was, it's probably one of the better, best things I've written in the last little while. So if you yeah, it was great. feel like reading 2,000 words, and I understand not everyone feels doing that, it would mean a lot to me if you uh, click on it and, you know, maybe read a paragraph or two. Oh, one more thing. One more thing. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Emails. Please send us questions. Podcast at mobilesyrup.com. Uh, I want all your CRTC related uh, thoughts, opinions, questions, especially as they relate to Jean-Pierre and now that he's going out. Um, it'd be great because we have a really special episode planned, as I said. Uh, hopefully it all comes together, but we're going to have not one, but two special guests. Um, so it should be a barn burner. And on that note, I can finally say goodbye. So thank you again. Bye-bye. See you next time. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 